I'm going in search of witches. Witches? Witches. I guess you found me out, huh? Yeah. You should come around here on Halloween. You'd really see something then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we all jump off the roof and fly. You know, sort of like a coven. We were placed fester under some strange sexual spell. And what time will we be spellcasting? and welcome to Moonstone Witchery, the podcast where we talk about witchcraft and spirituality in a modern context. My name is Rian Lockard. I'm super excited to be here with you today. So I owe you a mini episode on perfectionism because I ran out of time on my last episode because I was just ranting forever about self-love. And if you haven't listened to that yet, go and love yourself by listening to that one too. I will show up with your mini episode um, on self-love, but in the meantime, I want to talk about our next topic because I've been really excited to talk about this with you, and actually this episode is what has propelled me to um, get back um, on track and make sure I'm regularly putting out podcasts right now because we are in a vibe. We are in a vibe. We are entering a vibe. There is a vibe vibing. And I think it's important that we talk about this thing so that we can understand what the F is going on. And I am just distracting myself because I wanted to write something down that I didn't want to forget to talk about. Yo, I came prepared with notes. Typically, I'm sure you're all shocked to hear this. I show up on this podcast with um, just a little wing and a prayer and a hope that whatever topic I'm going to talk to you about will somehow live its life through my words. I do open my channel before I do this. Um, I do this little thing. And if you ever need to open your channel before you do something because you want to be guided by spirit instead of like your own damn self, valid. I will support you in that. Um, Just take a beat before you do the thing. Close your eyes. If you're in my academy, you know how to open your channel, um, connect to your crown, open up that door. Um, I have taught all of my students a really clever way to open their channel at the drop of a hat and sidebar to close their channel at the drop of a hat, which I know some of you empaths might like that. Um, And so open my channel and I say to spirit, like, speak through me. Use me as your voice, use me as your eyes, use me as your hands, use me to um, fulfill the task that I am meant to fulfill here, right? And I'm obviously only talking to spirit. I'm not like, hey, wayward random poltergeist. Like, it's not an open invitation. And I teach um, my students how to clarify all those rules too. Oh, and I forgot to do the thing that everyone always tells me. You guys know where to find me. Winston Witchery, come just find me. Okay, but really consider finding me in my academy. I love it over there. I think I'm just obsessed with it. I think I just like, the academy is like a little dream that's lived in my heart for forever. And I get to have that dream happening now. And it's so nice. And everybody there is so nice. And we are having the best time. 
All right, enough of burying the lead. Do you guys hate how I do this, or is it, like, fun? Like, is it, like, oh, suspenseful? Or is it, like, oh, my God, just tell us what you're talking about? <laughs> I can see it going either way. Maybe it goes both ways. Maybe it's, like, um, a bi-topical experience. It has a preference for both, like, the lead being buried and the lead being, like, completely straightforward. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, sorry. I had to pause for a second. So, here I am. I want to talk about collective consciousness. I want to talk about really fundamentally, I want to talk about like what in the actual F are we doing here? Like, because, you know, I did get some responses to my previous episode and I do love to hear from you all, especially if you have questions or points of confusion or just want to share your insights from whatever was in the last episode, um, reach out to me. You can email me at headwitch at gmail.com or um, fill out the little handy dandy little form on my website. It's on moonstonewitchery.com and um, tell me your thoughts. You can try to DM me. Um, My Facebook messenger does not work properly so I wouldn't go that route um and my Instagram messages are a whole ass situation so I would just recommend the email or the little form on the website but I do love to hear from you so somebody reached out to me and she was like okay I get the self-love like I understand what am I loving myself so hard for though like can I ever want anyone else to love me we are here in a container with others and like what's their role? And I was like, so glad you asked. Um, because my next episode, this one that we're in right now is, um, all about collective consciousness. And I'm going to address some of that. So while I might not intentionally specifically clearly answer, like, am I ever allowed to ask anyone else to love me? Um, the answer to that is yes. Um, I still want to talk about what the second portion of her question, which is like, why are we here with other people though, right? Like, what are we even doing? Um, You can ask other people to love you. The way in which they love you is not necessarily always going to match the way in which you think you would like to be loved. Um, The way in which they show up for you will be in their own way and it might not have the parameters upon it that you would ideally want or need. So we do have to make space for people to love us in the way that suits them and there needs to be a space for them to learn how to love us in a way that we would like to be loved too. It's a complicated thing. But collective consciousness is also complicated but it's so fucking dope and exciting. So There is a study. They've done a lot of studies on this. In fact, there's a lot of people who are, I don't want to say whistleblowing because it's like a non-urgent situation, but there's leaks that have come out from people who have used to work in higher up um, levels of government and stuff where they are straight up acknowledging and admitting that, yeah, like the intelligence communities like are hyper aware of the power of the collective consciousness And so let me like pause for a second to define what I'm talking about. What even is collective consciousness? Okay, hang in here with me. I'm going to explain. So in some of my previous episodes, I've chatted about how 
there's this concept that we are just spirit kind of playing dress up. Each one of us is, you know, the energy of spirit attempting to experience itself. So let's let that sentence just like sink in and marinate for a second. If everything is made of this consciousness that, or this energy that has a consciousness component to it, and it is literally everything that exists has this essential essence about itself. When I am everything, I can't really experience myself as unique facets of that everything because I encompass all of it. So it would be like me telling you like, know what it's like to be just your kidney right now. Or know what your experience is like um, as your blood flowing through your veins. You can't really know what that isolated moment is like because you are the combination of your kidneys and your blood and your thoughts and your emotions and your very like complicated gut system and like your heart valves and like the electricity that fires off between like the neural pathways of your brain. You are all these things. So it would be hard for you as the whole being to know what the separate parts of you individualized are having an experience of, right? This makes sense to us. And so spirit was this whole being and still is, and this is the mind fuckery part, but spirit was and is this whole being but it was by itself because it was everything, meaning if everything consolidates and is like encapsulated, it really is just one thing. Okay, sit with that for a second till that makes sense to you. You can't have something be everything and have it also be more than one thing. Because the second that I have company, if I am everything, but then there's someone over there next to me and they're keeping me company. Well, I'm not them, so I'm not everything anymore. They are them and I am this, so that's two. So if I am truly everything, that is an isolating experience. I am really one thing. So if spirit wanted to experience what each individual facet of everything was, presumably it had to split into smaller portions of itself in order to know, well, what is it like as the kidney? What is it like as the blood? What are the veins experiencing? And so it would have had to divide itself up into small little parts that are not necessarily equal because they are made of different components. That doesn't mean they're not necessarily as valuable or as respectful or as deserving as each other. They're just different. Different is okay. And so when spirit splits itself up into these different facets of itself, these different expressions of itself, it is separating from itself. And so in this way, some spiritual teachers might say, you know, God is just masquerading as you, or God is just masquerading as this cat that's sleeping next to me, or God is just masquerading as the plant that's outside blowing in the breeze. Because spirit has split itself into all these different little pieces of itself to experience what it is like to be in the everything rather than to be the everything. And so when spirit does this, it has unique self-expressions. It has unique ways of being in the world. And so we are in 
a gigantic situationship right now with ourselves fundamentally, but with spirit as well. And with this whole ass circumstance we find ourselves in, in which we are bumping into different expressions of spirit masquerading as different things, creatures, categories, people, whatever the heck it is. And ultimately, the trajectory that we're on, and if you look to any major world religion, you will see that this is the trajectory, is that moment of reunification where spirit gathers back up all the pieces of itself that it has put out into the universe to masquerade as something other than itself. And when it combines those pieces back together, it becomes the oneness again. It becomes the whole. It becomes the everything. Lather, rinse, repeat. We're in a cycle of restoring and disintegrating. And in that there is duality. We are in the process of putting ourselves back together so that we can divide back apart again. And so the path of ascension or call it nirvana or call it enlightenment or call it like, you know, when they float up directly into heaven and in, in Christianity or whatever, the path to that thing that is present in every major world religion is the path whereby spirit recollects itself and merges back into itself and recreates that wholeness that it was initially. We are in dividing and rebuilding on a constant pattern of repeat. It is like building the Jenga tower or putting together a puzzle only to take it apart again. So as we are doing this and as each of us begins this journey of like self-reflection that ultimately leads to self-awareness, that ultimately leads to self-actualization, that ultimately leads to ascension and reabsorption back into spirit, we are in our own little mini cycle of the greater picture of what spirit's doing with itself. And so there is a consciousness that is flowing through all of the things. And this is why I am so obsessed with the concept of be who you are actually supposed to be. Because I'm doing that for you, yes, because that will give you a more fulfilling and aligned and, and purposeful life. But I'm also doing that for spirit, for the greater good, for the collective, the higher plane of existence that is really trying to put itself back together again so it can have that merger, so it can return to the consciousness of all. Now, if I take a mini side tangent and we say, if this collective creature called God, who knows everything and is omnipotent and omniscient and knows all the things and can do all the things, is divided out amongst all of us, where is God? Is God paying attention? And to that, I would say, I'm not really so sure. Because wouldn't it make a lot of sense if there's not actually an overseer really monitoring the scene here, but instead that overseer went and got dissolved into the staff? And so we're all just kind of working together without a manager. Do you know what I mean? But that is a scary thing for people to consider. 
But if God is disseminated amongst all of us and is in little pieces all over the place, then it is our job to seek God out or to seek out spirit or to seek out alignment or to seek out that breath of love and connection and higher consciousness that is everywhere around us. It is our job to awaken that within us so we can hear the God that lives within us, the spiritual guidance, so that we know how to move better, so that we know how to align better, so we can put it all back together to create that big piece, that big thing, that oneness. And so oneness is here, but it is scattered around. It is all over the place. And this is why it's very lonely for those of us who are on this path, who begin to see these things, because we're dealing with people who have no idea that they are spirit playing dress up. We are dealing with situations that have no idea that they are founded in this really deep connection to some infinite source of everything. And they're, they're, they're mad about surface level things, but they are the everything, which is what I was trying to tell you in the last episode. And so it is important, and I would dare say imperative, for us to seek those moments of wisdom, those seeds of truth, those unity moments, those unity beings, those anchor points that remind us that we are that oneness. Because that oneness has been dissolved. It has been you know, thinly painted across everything, but it still speaks to us. It whispers or it calls loudly at times or it rings like a bell. Um, now I have Rhiannon in my head, that beautiful, perfect song, but it is there everywhere, guiding us, offering us, whispering to us, putting things into action. It is here both tangibly and intangibly. It is here as our guides on our shoulder, telling us where to go and what to do. It is here as our inner impulse, pushing us towards something. It is here as our like inner calling, asking to be self-expressed and to live, to bring something to the world, something to the collective. Because the collective is needing to recognize itself and realign with itself. That is why you must be who you are supposed to be. You are signaling on a bigger picture to the pieces of the oneness that need to be signaled to, that need to hear you, that need to see itself reflected in your face so that you can awaken those parts and bring it back to another whole, another collective, another gathering of itself back into itself. You are not just doing these things for yourself. You are doing these things for the bigger picture, the collective scale, the wholeness. Do you see what I'm saying? We are talking to ourselves. And the more in which we can grow and expand and become ourselves and awaken and do our work and live in alignment, the brighter we shine and the louder we sparkle and the the greater the bat signal becomes for spirit to find itself. You know, I love that meme and I put it in my academy not too long ago that's like, let your weirdness shine so the other weirdos, weirdos know where to find you. I coach a lot on this. If you aren't willing to show up and be you, how is anyone who's ever going to resonate with you going to see you and show up to match you and to support you and to be with you? 
See, this is why it matters. It matters not just for yourself, but it matters for the collective, for the big picture, for your children, for your ancestors, for your grandchildren, and also BT dubs for the people who have come before us. Because if all of time is happening all at once, the more we can awaken in this moment, the more that awakening ripple effects back and forward through time and in the present moment. So if you have a hard time doing your work or becoming you for yourself because it feels too whatever it might feel, um, and either of your answers, whether it feels too selfish or it feels too scary, they're both coming from ego, just so you know. Um, but if you're having a hard time doing it for yourself, do it for the collective. Do it on behalf of spirit. Spirit has put a piece of itself into you, and your job is to live in alignment with that piece so that spirit can find itself and recreate itself and put itself back together and if we're not willing to do the work for like the infinite loving divine life force energy of everything that is then I don't know who we're willing to do it for I mean it's literally like God is calling you on the phone is like hey there's a part of me in you I need you to live that so that I can get it back so I can recognize it and pull everything in alignment around you because let me tell you the other portion of this is that the universe is organizing itself in order to put that puzzle back together the universe is like hey, and this is where manifestation and law of attraction theory come from, but everyone's missing critical points of information, and I'm going to try to share one of them right now. The universe is like, hey, radiate at whatever frequency is the most like uh, like you, so I know which other pieces to put next to you because I'm trying to do this puzzle. Have you ever done a puzzle? You dump out all the pieces from the box and what do you do? You sort them into categories. You put all the edgy pieces together. You find the corners. You put the color pieces that match each other kind of loosely near each other. You sort. What do we teach toddlers to do in order to create an understanding of their reality and their world? We give them sorting tasks. We say, here's a bunch of fluffy colored little pom-poms. Put all the ones that are the same size with each other. Put all the red ones together. Put all the blue ones together. Put all the green ones together. There is an innate, inherent kind of need for us to sort and to put structure to so that we can function function. Some of that's because we exist in a tangible world that has rules about itself. Some of it is because we have created cultures that we need to understand because they also have rules about themselves. But some of that is an energetic alignment thing that we are also learning how to do. And the universe is energetically aligning itself with all things that go together. It is neutral on its opinion of these things. We apply the morality to having an opinion on what gets sorted with what. We apply that, oh, if you're in that category, you're bad. And if you're in this category, you're good. And those things change. And I've talked about this so many times, but they change. So they're not actually real. If our, mor if our moral code can change and evolve and adapt over time, then it's not actually real. It is just based on our like structures in place at the time. It's based on the societal norms. It's based on a group understanding of how we're going to act right now at this phase in history. But it's not based on any law of the actual universe itself. The universe is neutral about um, what you're up to. It doesn't care who you're having sex with. It doesn't care who you're living with. It doesn't care what job you're doing. It does not care what college you went to. It does not care what how amount of money you make or whether you blew all your money on handbags or you saved it in an IRA account. It does not care. All it is doing is saying what energy goes with what. It is neutral. It is not judging you. 
And so the more that you align with you, the more the universe puts other pieces of things that also feel like that energy near you. And this is why people who are living in alignment with themselves have really nice lives and feel great all the time and get the things that they need and have like success, like whatever that objective conversation about success, that whatever it means is, they have it because they're living in alignment. And you'll also, BT-dubs, notice that anybody who's like really aligning hard with other certain qualities of themselves, whether it's bad or addictive or, um, you know, criminal behavior or just even even apathy, honestly, all energies collect more of themselves. This is why my dad's favorite like saying is like, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. That is because energy just builds upon itself. An object in motion stays in motion, right? If I'm super busy and I'm in taskmaster mode and I'm like really good at just like taking things in and doing all of the things and like handling my business and just, yeah, whatever, I'll just get it done. Give it to me. I'll just do it. Rather than if I give a big task to a person who has been sitting in apathy and nothingness for a long time, they will not get to that task because it does not match the trajectory that they are on. It does not energetically align with them. And I'm not promoting burnout or anything. I'm just trying to, to illustrate a concept to you. So the more you can align with who you truly are, the more your life begins to be um, in alignment with who you truly are. And ain't that the tea? And isn't that the reason why we're here? And don't we just like love that for ourselves? That's the point. But it also has an altruistic kind of energy about itself the altruistic energy about itself is like we're doing it for spirit like it's actually helpful to spirit this is why i never want us to feel bad for like choosing who we are or choosing what we love or choosing what we're called to because it isn't actually really for us it's also for the collective it's also for the bigger picture it's also for that higher consciousness that we are all a part of and yet we are all also simultaneously separated from at the same time and this is why the universe is made of paradoxes that things that seem to make absolutely no sense but are absolute laws and have to exist in order for anything to work we both are of the collective unconsciousness the oneness and we are also separated from it and that is how we can exist that is how we function that is why we function when jesus was um i don't know who he was talking to because I didn't pay attention to that part. <laughs> One of the things that Jesus said that encapsulates this concept, I know I'm talking about Jesus a lot. Right now I'm in a phase, okay? Just like grant me my phase. I'm in a phase. And the phase is like I'm feeling feelings for Jesus. Like I I feel like Jesus is like this like terminally misunderstood character who just is always – in a vortex of shittiness, but is also doing the most. Like, I just am like, you know, man, you had a rough go. <laughs> it's still going rough. I see you. I feel bad. Like, <laughs> but none of my talking about Jesus is any kind of an endorsement or alignment with Christianity. I have not lost anything. I am still here, still me. But he said smart shit, though, yo, because, like, he understands, like, he gets it. Okay, so... 
just because I might not fully like everything that a person is doing or saying doesn't mean they can't do or say something that does work for me. So this is like the sidebar, like I'm teaching you about discernment in this moment because discernment is the art through which we are able to objectively look at things and figure out what works and what doesn't. Said differently, I can interpret what someone's up to and figure out where the little seeds of truth are in their shit and where is like just chaos and mayhem. We have to pick apart like a lot of things because nothing is ever just one thing. Okay. And so Jesus energy full of chaos and fuckery. We already know like the Christians did the most. I should just rant about it somewhere else. But I've ranted about this so many times. Um, However, that dude actually knew what he was talking about in a lot of ways. Like, it's a little, like, intense at times. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. But, like, if we distill out, like, some of, like, the foundations, like, the core things, he's saying smart shit. One of the smart things he said was, where two or more are gathered, I am there among them. And what he was doing was talking not about himself. He is not the I. And theologists can argue with me about this all they choose. I don't care. He is not the I. He's speaking. He's channeling. Jesus is a channel. Duh. Like big duh. But I find that when I say that to some people, they're like, whoa. Jesus is a channel, you guys. Jesus is like a psychic. Jesus is channeling all the shit he's doing. He is being guided by a force much greater than himself. The same force that we are all being guided by. But for whatever reason, and I'd love to see his birth chart, Jesus was here with ears that could hear it. He was here. He was born with an awareness that he was being guided. He was here like, oh, there's something pushing me. There's something sending me messages. And he could hear that shit. This is probably why I want to be besties with Jesus because I want to be like, yo, it's so trippy, right? Like, not that I'm saying I'm the same as Jesus, but like I was also born with certain components that I resonate with here that is like, it's just to me like fascinating. Like it's like a study of an intuitive trying their best to like to help people and getting fucked over every step of the way. And if that doesn't sound like autobiographical to me in certain capacities. So it's like, you know, when we find a celebrity that we stand for, we just like go on a deep dive about them. And that's the phase I'm currently in with Jesus. I'm like, yo, you are like this intuitive. You are this channel. You are like hearing guidance. You're trying to share the people. I mean, he shows up when he first arrives on the scene and he's like, hey, y'all, I come with good news. I want to talk to you about God. And they're like, and he's all excited because he hasn't been burned yet and like fucked over. And that dude gets run the fuck out of that building. They're like, we don't want your good news. Get out of here with that good news. Like, we don't like it. You're telling us about ourselves. Yo. Anybody else on their awakening journey who has familiarity there? Because, like, I feel like I cannot be the only person that's, like, that is so relatable. So, anyway, he says, he's, like, when two or more are gathered, I am there among them. He's channeling. He's talking. This is source. This is source energy saying, when two y'all get together, when there's a bunch of y'all in a space, there's more of me there. Guess what? I'm way activated. When there are several of you, I am very present, especially if y'all are talking about spiritual things or doing spiritual things, especially if you all are having consciousness and like purposeful intent with whatever you're doing, because like there have been lots of studies on this. 
Uh, Greg Braden is someone who talks about this a lot. And so you can read any number of his books or watch his YouTubes or whatever. He's cool. Um, I don't know anything about him as a human. So if he's done some shady trash shit, that's highly possible, highly probable. Use your discernment to pick out what is good and what is not about anybody that you're encountering. This is why I'm always like never just listen to one person and never just do one thing because everything here has flaws and blind spots and issues about itself. It has to because it is it is in separation from the oneness. Like it has to. So like anyone who's ever telling you like there's only one way to do something like the red flag alert okay or there's only one person to listen to or like this person needs to be canceled because they did this one wrong thing yeah true story like pablo picasso sucks yo even gandhi sucks yo mother Teresa sucks just so we all are super clear and yet and that's the point and yet pablo picasso i mean apparently made nice art i am not i don't happen to be a fan but that's okay but other people are um Gandhi also did do good things despite whatever fem like feminism is telling us he's like a womanizer or something. I, I don't fully know. Um, but he also helped a lot of people. Mother Teresa, super intense, mean as anything from what I've heard and read and researched. Judgy AF about women, not nice to women, internalized misogyny going on. But she also did a bunch of nice things. Okay, so like we have to sort of see that there is an ability to pull things out of other things. You know, at the spiritual community that I used to um, be a part of and I sat on the faculty for the Divinity School of, um, we would always say at the beginning of our like services on Sunday, um, we would say, take whatever works for you and leave what does not. Because there are messages that pertain and there are messages that don't. Um, and so... This is all just a rant because I dropped the name of somebody who I just don't want anyone like flipping out about it. Like if, if, if he, if he's not great, then he's not great. But anyway, he talks about the unity and the collective consciousness a lot of this Greg Braden. And, um, there have been studies by all kinds of people, including the U.S. government has done studies on consciousness and collective consciousness. And like I said earlier, there are people who have leaked a little bit of information about the fact that the intelligence community is way aware of this, guys. There have been studies for over a hundred years now on psychics, on intuitives, on mediums, on collective consciousness, on working with the powers of meditation, sound healing, um, all of the things that we are all doing on our little individual level. The government's already been knowing about it. They've been doing it. They are well aware and they have deter made determinations based on it. And the reason you never hear anything about it is because they are working with that stuff that they know, just so you know. If they had done all these studies and they had gotten nothing from it, they would have slammed us with a bunch of that. And there is a lot of that leaked out, like, that where they're like, oh, don't look over there. Don't do these things. These are bad. Like, there's a reason that, like, church and state's supposed to be separate, but church and state is intrinsically linked. And church says, don't let yourself be the authority on spirit. But the fact that they've never really, like, published, like, things that are like, nope, just no, um, shows us it's because they're working with it. They are working with it. 
one of the areas that they're using um, collective unconsciousness is like in like spycraft and stuff like that. This is also um, one of the reasons that like the internet exists. It helps us to understand unity theory. The internet helps us. My guides told me this a long time ago. They were like, the fact that the internet exists helps you to understand that space and time are just constructs. They're just visual barriers that you believe in really hard, but they don't actually exist either. Because the fact that I am able to send a message to someone who is thousands of miles away from me and they can just respond to me immediately. And no one's, out, by the way, I haven't spoken out loud but I have transferred a thought to a person and they have transferred a thought back to me. We don't think about this, but no one is speaking when we're texting. I mean, unless we're speaking to text or sending a voice memo, but you know, do you understand the point I'm making? I have transferred my thought to a person. They have transferred a thought back to me and we are nowhere near each other. And it has happened instantaneously. And the fact that we figured out how to do that is such a nice little model of unity consciousness, but no one sees it like that. But that's really exactly what it is. The fact that shit goes viral and collectively, everyone's like, oh my God, this is hilarious. That is an encapsulation of unity consciousness. There are things that are filtering around through the atmosphere, through the shared unity consciousness that we all have access to that impacts all of us. Think of it like there is us as individuals, spirit pretending to be itself in a certain type of way. And then there's like the cloud that's happening, which is where spirit's depositing the things that it has found and managed to put up there. And we are all tapped into the cloud. The cloud is why we are like all on the same page about certain things, just kind of with ease. And yeah, there's marketing and PR and like capitalism, like persuading us that like this year's color is like, I don't fucking know, seafoam green or whatever. That's a thing that's like mass brain manipulation and shit like that. But that's not all of it. See, the reason we all collectively think a certain thing is humorous or we all collectively think a societal system needs to change. That shit wasn't programmed in there by capitalism. All reform movements draw their power from the unity consciousness that is ready for that reform movement to take place. If it was able to be squashed by the powers that be, it would have been. But because reform movements have this drive, this traction behind them, and enough people like accumulate to make these things change, that's the collective consciousness kind of breathing life into people, into individuals by whispering to them. And those people were brave enough to hear those whispers and to take action. So some, one of the studies that they did, they, they took like people and they took a city and they were like, what's 1% of the population of this city, right? And they were like, okay, it's, I don't know, 200,000 people. I don't know how to math. So I don't even know if that number makes sense. Okay. So just go with me. 200,000 sounds like a lot. Let's just like take a town and let's say that like 1% of the town's population was 100 people. Let's just do it this way because I cannot, I don't, I do not math. Okay. So they bring into this town 1% of the population and they, they rent a nice space and they put pillows on the floor and they play nice, um, like Tibetan singing bowls and frequencies and stuff. And they say to this 1%, 100 people, they're like, sit down and meditate. 
and stay in a meditative state that is raising the vibrational energy. Sit and meditate here for, you know, three days. We're going to sit here and meditate for three days. That's what we're doing for the next three days. And, like, you'll take bathroom breaks. We'll eat lunch. You will go to bed. Like, this is not a painful torture experience. This is like, but we're doing this thing. This is what we're doing for three days. These are real studies that they did. Now, the one that I'm describing to you is not because I am making it up to make the numbers more reasonable, but Google this. They have done studies like this. This is a real thing. Over the course of those three days, they then pull the information about what's happening in that city or town in general. Universally across the board, during the period of time when those three days are taking place, the crime rates drop, the number of accidents go down, the hospitals have less people showing up in an emergency setting. There is a higher number of positive things happening and a lower number of negative things happening just by introducing a 1% number of people into a space and having them intentionally do something together to raise the consciousness or raise the energy or raise the good vibes of that place. None of that town even knows that there's a hundred people meditating for three days and raising the vibration. They're just less inclined to be back on their bullshit. They're just like, whoa, (laughs) vibes feel good today. Oh my God. Like what? They're like, hey, is anyone else noticing that like the astrology feels really nice for once? Like they are like feeling it. They don't know why. They're having a positive experience with themselves. They're having a positive moment with themselves. And this is because here's the other part of it that I really want to drive home for the next couple minutes. We don't need everybody to get on the same page to create um, really spectacular results. So I'm speaking to you right now if you've ever felt like disillusioned or lost on your path or disenfranchised, like you want to give up or you feel very alone or like everything's pointless or you're just like fucked up by life, like this moment's for you, okay? The fact that 1% can create a huge and measurable impact on the 99% of other people that are in a space, that should be like the greatest salve to your wound. That should taste like sweet little nectar to you. That should allow you to feel like maybe everything's not pointless. (laughs) Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm just like, oh my God, this is all a dumpster fire. Like I am not even, right? Those aren't my favorite moments, but they happen. But he was like, when two or more are gathered, I am there with you. When two or more are gathered, we increase the good vibes. And it turns out that we're not just increasing the good vibes for ourselves. We're increasing the good vibes for everyone and everything around us. And when the good vibes for everyone and everything around us are increased, everyone gets their shit together better and everyone's nicer to everybody and everything in the world is a lot better. So if you're out here trying to make a difference in the world and you're feeling a little lost or disenfranchised or overwhelmed or like what the actual F is happening, you aren't going for 99% of the population, my love. You are impacting or you are striving to impact 1%. 
Let that 1% be so impactful that it alone, with no extra effort, it impacts the 99% for you. And this is why my guides are always talking about if you want to create big change, start with little changes in your little world. If you want to impact bigger worlds, first impact your smaller worlds. And by that I mean your small world might be, yeah, your, your, the company that you work for, the social network that you're in, or your, your you know, extended family. But get smaller. Your small world might be your immediate family. You, your partner, your kids, you, yourself, your animals, you, yourself, your child. That small world gets smaller than that. Affect change in the world that is you. You are a whole ecosystem. You are a whole universe yourself. Remember, you are also made of separation and wholeness. And in this way, you are also a form of God and the universe that exists. Do you see that? Do you understand that? And so if 1% of your small worlds can elevate, then 100% of your small world elevates. And if 100% of your small world elevates, then that becomes 1% of the bigger world that it is immersed in and it is elevated. So it elevates the bigger world as well. And in this way, there is a ripple effect that takes place. And if you can combine yourself with other people who are also spiritually aligned and doing their self work and raising the good vibes and getting right with themselves, then you create little pockets of magnificence that are power generators, literal power plants that are sending energy to the collective in this major mass way and that is how we actually usher in the whole new reality that we're all hoping will show the f up we have to do it by not giving up on ourselves by powering through the hard moments by aligning with who we truly are and by choosing the path of like our being our highest self whenever possible there's this thing that there's experiment that happens with like helium and if they put helium in a container and they cool that container of helium to absolute zero, it takes only 1% of that helium to become aligned and then all of the rest of it immediately aligns as well and it creates this thing called superfluidity in which helium is able to defy all the other laws of physics. But the initiation point that moves it from helium being just cooled down to helium being in this state of superfluidity is that 1% of it has to convert and then that conversion of 1% immediately spreads to the whole container and it is transmuted that is the law of transference of energy. That is why if you pour some of your moon water into a container of regular water, the container of regular water is now also moon water. That is why you can take holy blessed water from someone and keep it going for forever transference. That is why you eat at the church. Like they really believe in transmutation and Catholicism, at least. Like, if you go to the church and they do the thing, I really do need to make this other episode about how fucked up this all is. But um, if you go to the church and you do the thing and you, like, accept the communion, they are saying to you, you are literally eating, like, the actual flesh of, of Jesus, and that really fucks me up. Um, but what they're saying is, like, by taking in this Jesus energy, you become Jesus energy. 
But that little wafer is what? 1% of your size? Do you see what I'm saying? It's all over the place. It really is. I promise you. Um, let me see what this thing I wrote down says. Okay. So this aligns, and I think this is important, and I think the reason this is coming up so hard for me right now is because we do have, like, the, the whole... Um, planetary trans transitioning thing happening where Pluto's moving into Aquarius and like right now Pluto's in Aquarius um it goes back though it moves back like so it's been in Capricorn for a really long time like years and Capricorn's all about businesses and structures and finances and like rules and like all that kind of stuff you all know this but what happens is when Pluto moved from Capricorn to Aquarius, it's on a vacation. It's like scoping the joint right now. So Pluto moved out of Capricorn and into Aquarius. So it did this in, at the end of March. And it's going to only be in Aquarius till June. But Aquarius is about community. It's about community and like mind fuckery and like, like aliens. <laughs> But Aquarius is about like, hey, let's think about things differently on a social scale, like on a on the way in which our it's culture. I, th I feel like Aquarius is a lot about culture and like how we exist and how we flow in and out between each other and like thinking philosophical things about things and like restructuring and whatever. So Pluto being like death and like tearing down like systems and like change and all this stuff. Pluto moved into Aquarius. It's on a little mini vacation. It's going back on June 11th and it's going to stay there until next year. But then it's permanently going into Aquarius. And do you see how everything I'm talking to you about with unity consciousness and the importance of an actual valuable shit you're doing? Because everything you're working on, it is not pointless. We are so intertwined. This is why you can go into a room and feel the vibes of the room. Because there is a community energy flowing around. There is the energy of you. There is the energy of me. But when I am then in a relationship with you, there is the joint creature that gets created that is called our relationship. And it has its own innate life force energy. It has its own consciousness. It has its own ways of doing things. It has its own ways of existing and being in the world. There are all these entities that get created through the combination of energies. The alchemy of people mixing with other people creates other entities and energetic life forces. And they all contribute to the collective consciousness. And they are also tapped into and receiving from the collective consciousness because it is a two-way street because I feed into it and I pull from it. Community and collective unconsciousness is so much a part of why we're here. It is so much a part of how we are finding the pieces of ourselves and putting them back together where they go, where they belong, without a morality about itself. Although in order for us to live here, there must be morality. I'm not against morality. Duh. I'm against toxic morality and like being mean to ourselves, but that's a whole other thing. But 
So Pluto's going into Aquarius and it's like, hey, y'all reevaluate. Like, what's the, what's community? What's up with that? Right? That's like the cool guidance counselor trying to come into your class and be like, what's up with this thing? Let's talk about it. You know, and you're like, oh my God. But that's what's happening because we are supposed to be understanding the concept of interconnectedness on a different scale. We are supposed to be looking at the ways in which we are all here together in a different way. Pluto is going to be like, I'm going to take away how you thought it was. Let me go ahead and like pull the pull the veil off your eyes. Like, let me like have you look through this a different way. Like, I don't know if you ever have ADHD or if any of you have like a Pisces, like a moon Pisces, your moon in Pisces or in Venus or something, or like you just disassociate a lot. Is it just a default? And like sometimes those of us who have like any or all of those kinds of situations, sometimes this bad thing happens where like reality like breaks through the little bubble that we've created for ourselves a little bit. Because like I, I'm functioning like by living in little bubbles just so y'all are very clear right and so like I will create this little bubble for myself and sometimes someone like inconsiderately comes along and like pinpricks my little bubble and then I have to see a bunch of shit like as it actually might be instead of like how I feel like interpreting the energy of it and like having optimism applied to it and I don't like those moments because I'm like ugh. Yeah, I already know this person's like completely a dick, but like I'm trying to, you know, make space for their higher self to ever join the conversation. And I'm not like deluding myself so much as like I'm like, let's just pretend that no one's mean, you know, I'm like making space though. And so sometimes these moments happen like when we get like jolted out of our little ADHD reality that we've created ourselves or a little like dissociation reality that we, and we're like landed hard in like an actual moment and it's gross but it's like ultimately helpful right that's what Pluto is going to do in Aquarius it's going to be like hey y'all need to think about things pretty differently as it comes to like as it pertains to culture and the collective consciousness and like society and like how we interact with each other. So it might suck for a second. But if we can anchor into the stuff I'm talking about right now, it can have a shot at being like really profound. If we can anchor into like, oh, what if it's true? And all of this spiritual stuff I'm doing actually does something. And what if it's true that it actually does something, not just for me, but on like a way big scale? Well, that is an interesting thing for me to think about. See, that is compelling information to me. Because sometimes I'm just like, what's the point, right? But there's a point. There are lots of points. And the point is that we are a part of a really big picture. And that really big picture impacts everyone, including our kids, including your dog, including your grandmother, including your ancestors who like worked these really hard lives that just like wore their bodies down and they just pushed and pushed so you could like you know sit on your couch today like what we do for the collective impacts all of those people and situations and you know out there somewhere there's a little child that has no one in the world who's noticing them but if you can start funneling like the energy of infinite divine parental love into the collective, that kid's connected to the collective. So some of that energy will find that child 
and they will be a little bit less alone. And that's a real thing. So there is a point. And the reason I started with self-love is because we have to be able to recognize the portions of us that are not us, but that are actually like God or spirit. And we have to let that portion of ourselves give us love through the vessel of ourselves so that we can return that energy to the collective so that we can live the life that our soul is intending for us to live so that we can be the spell that the universe casts in the form called us by our names because we are living spells that were meant to manifest in a certain way but we hinder our own manifestation we cap ourselves, we dim our light, we blow out the candle called ourselves out of fear and a bunch of BS. So self-love is one of the only ways that we can think, deem ourselves worthy enough to just be who we were carved to be. So we don't break the spell called us because the universe asked us to do this on its behalf and we are denying requests for the universe when we deny loving ourselves. And I find that fucked up. So I started there so that you could get out of your own way enough to live the life that you're supposed to have here and to let it be a really good, positive, fun, uplifting experience because this is supposed to be ultimately like fun and positive in some ways so we can find each other and connect with each other and have that moment. That moment of recognition is when spirit sees itself in someone else and is like, oh my God, there I am. But we don't know how to say that. So we say, oh my God, there you are. And we just want to love and appreciate what we see because it is us and it is within us and it is without us. And it is like everything. But then we put all these parameters on it and make it hard. But these beautiful moments are just spirit recognizing itself. Namaste means the spirit in me, the divinity in me recognizes the spirit and the divinity in you. That's what we're doing, guys. And it does matter. And so every time you do something that is of your own volition that you have decided to do, every time you take autonomous action on your own behalf, or you complete a task, or you feel more like you, Give yourself 10,000 gold stars. Let it matter. Let it count. Because that is you aligning. That is you ascending. That is you awakening. That is you rejoining that beautiful collective energy of spirit that you already are a part of, but you are currently separated from. Thank you for listening to me today. If you want to have more super trippy conversations, come join me in the Witchcraft Academy or just come be in our cool dope-ass Facebook group on um, on Facebook. Um, it's, everything's called Moonstone Witchery. Um, I've gone a little rogue on Instagram and I'm kind of just doing whatever the F I want because Instagram has disappointed me as an entity. So I'm going to just do whatever the hell I want. So if you want to watch me a little unhinged and a little weird and a little just doing whatever the fuck, come and find me on my Instagram. Be aware of scammers. They're even on my TikTok. Um, I'm going to do this cool thing on TikTok soon. Oh my God, I just want to tell you about it really quick. Um, I'm about to start a series of TikTok lives whereby I will be interviewing regular normal people about what their problem is. I will be giving them some um, life coachy kind of advice and then I will be prescribing them the exact spell they need to do in order to solve the problem that they're having. I am thinking I'm going to call it the witch's brew because it's kind of like come spill the tea. 
I think that's fucking cute. But um, I will be doing those soon. So TikTok's about to be real fucking fun and super weird. Um, but if you want to have conversations like this, if you want to figure out how the F to like live in alignment with all the things that I'm always talking about on the podcast, if you want to like do spells or learn how to create little spiritual beings that live with you and help you in your life, because literally that's a class I just taught, um, you need to get yourself over into the academy and I want to know you better. And guess what? One of the side perks of being in the academy is like everyone in there, I feel like is my little bestie and I hope they feel like I'm their little bestie because we are having the most fucking fun getting to know each other and doing all the fun things and it is the best time so thank you for listening today and i will be back to podcast your way super soon and in the meantime feel free to find me anywhere you can find me and send me a message if you need to i love you lots have a good day